Welcome everyone again. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here at FCBC SGV. We're glad that you can join us, especially for those who, who you, uh, who's here for the first time. Or if some of you have been to other churches, haven't been to church. Uh, we're happy that you can join us today. At this time, we're going to spend a little time in the Word of God. And uh, as I shared earlier, one of the reasons why we gather is also to listen to what God has to teach us. And so today we want to talk about finding hope. And I want to begin with a verse that is very precious to me. It's from the book of Psalms. It's one of the songs that was sung a long time ago. But unfortunately, we don't know what the melody is like anymore. But we just got the lyrics. But I want to give this song to you because this is, I hopefully, by the end of today, if you don't know Jesus or you've never been to church, it is your first time, that at least you can take something away with you. Uh, normally, we will give you a gift card if you come uh, as we join our worship service for the first time as a guest. Uh, but we got none of that right now. We're not gathering physically. But at least you get a verse uh, from us. And here's what it says in Psalm chapter 33, verse 22. It says, Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. I want you to say it together with me. I know you're maybe sitting in your home and watching on phone or iPad, but I want to say it together. Let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. I think those two ideas are so important. Those two truths are so important for us, particularly at this time of our lives. I think this verse reminds us that God loves us, and because God loves us, we need to continue to put our hope in Him. So today, we're going to want to explore the question, how do we find hope in a world that is hopelessly broken? How do we find a hope in a world that seems to have no hope? See, oftentimes in our lives, we have experienced how hope crashes down around us. Why we put our hope on something, but it didn't work out. For some of us, it may be a loss of a job, that you have this job going on for whatever reason, you got fired. For some of us, it may be a bad diagnosis, that you have hope that you will live a long, uh, thriving life, but you got a bad diagnosis from a doctor in a regular checkup. For those who are younger, maybe you didn't get into the college that you wanted to get to. You work hard in studying and going through all the extracurricular activities, but for whatever reason, you did not get into the dream school that you want to get into. Perhaps some of us, you just study hard, wanted to get a decent grade, and yet you didn't get it. So we put our hope on many things, and if you live long enough, I, I believe even for some of us who are younger, we know that sometimes hope crumbles down just right around our lives. And perhaps you, have, you know how that feels when you, you've, you find yourself asking that question, why try? Why bother? I'm happily married to my wife now, but previously I dated a girl for quite a few years. I hope she's not listening. I don't want to embarrass her. Uh, but I remember when we broke up, I just sat down in the middle of the night and just asked that question, why, God? Because my hope was in that relationship with her, and I thought we would be, get old together for, for the rest of our lives with family, kids, and all of that. But yet, when that didn't work out, my hope got crumbled and just burned to ashes. And I asked, why bother loving anyone? Why bother uh, getting in a relationship? Why bother get together with anybody? And you know this question about hope because you perhaps have asked the same question in your life. You know, hope, hope is something or someone 
that we put our expectations around. It's where we place our confidence in, where our security is found. Hopelessness, on the other hand, is when that thing or that person or that job or that career, that relationship just slipped out under us. That we have put all our weight on these things and people, but for whatever reason, they did not meet our expectations. But for whatever reason, they become broken. Whatever reason, it didn't work out. And so we become hopeless. Perhaps you see the ladder behind me. I kind of think of hope like a ladder. What we do is we, we put our trust, we lean our ladder on something. Perhaps you lean your ladder on, on, on a friend. And when I was young, I leaned my, my ladder on a girlfriend. I lean on it, it works for a while, and after a while, for whatever reason, it didn't work, and that wall just crumbled down. Perhaps for you, you are leaning your ladder against something else, maybe a person like me, or a, a job, maybe a, maybe a family member. Maybe your dream, your dream job, your dream retirement, maybe your dream school, whatever it is, you are taking that ladder you're putting on there, and sooner or later we realize that that wall that we're leaning on doesn't work anymore. It starts shaking, and eventually it just disintegrates, and we have nothing to put our ladder on against. But here's the thing about hope. It's really funny because we don't think about hope walking day in, day out. But we start thinking about hope when that wall that we lean on Stop working. When we start experiencing uh, some shaking on that wall, when, when that ladder becomes shaky, we start thinking about hope. And, uh, and you know, if you're old enough, you, you, you put enough, uh, your ladder on enough walls, you know that you start getting smarter. You start finding special walls. Your experience tells you maybe this wall will lean a little stronger. You try to, if this wall doesn't work, I'll try something else. I'll try another wall. I'll try another job. I'll try another person. I just keep leaning on it. And the older I get, I realize the walls that I lean on are mostly for my own security. And we keep looking from wall to wall to wall and keep leaning on it. And what's so crazy about this season that you are experiencing, I'm experiencing in COVID season is this. That a lot of the walls that we lean on are no longer working. See, before it wasn't working one at a time or a, a, it worked, didn't work for a period of time. I think during this COVID season, we realized so many of these walls are not working at the exact same time. And if your wall that you lean on was about traveling, you have a wall of traveling, you want to travel around the world, no longer can you just go from places to places to, to travel around the world. That wall starts crumbling down. If you, have, you put your hope in relationship and, 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 and your network of friends and the influence that you have, no longer do you have, can, can see people physically get together, that walls are crumbling down. Perhaps you've been fired recently, but let go, not because of your job performance, but because of the COVID season, and that wall starts crumbling down. Maybe your house, maybe your family, and we have all these walls, and in this COVID season, it's almost like a pressure cooker start revealing to us all these cracks in our walls, and all of them stop working. It's really interesting. Last week, I came across a survey done by the CDC, Center of Disease Control. They came up with a survey and a result uh, asking people, particularly millennials, people who are between uh, 18 to 38, actually 20, uh, 18 to 20, uh, 38, 
of how have, have they ever have suicidal thoughts during this period of time in COVID? And the result is, is, is shocking. It says one out of four. One out of four millennials experienced suicidal thought at one time or another during COVID season. I suspect one of the reasons why is because the walls are crumbling down. All that bring excitement and, and dreams and lives uh, around us stop, stop working. And all of a sudden we start looking and perhaps that's the reason why you're here today. Which we're glad you're here to join us to find out about hope. Or some of you are just here because you're a nice person, your friend invited you, you, you just don't want to turn them down, and you at least do the courtesy of clicking on the link and watching us. But regardless of what reason you're here for, we're glad you're here because we're talking about finding hope in a world where there's no hope, in a world that is hopelessly broken. I'll give you the answer right away because the reason why I shared that verse with you from Psalm chapter 33, 22, is that the answer to find hope is to find hope in God alone. The verse tells us, let your steadfast love, O God, be upon us even as we hope in you. So where can we find a wall that's sturdy? At least from the Bible, it tells us it has to be God. But I know that that's the answer that you're expecting from me. After all, I'm the pastor, I'm the church guy. What else am I going to hear? What else are you going to hear, right? When you come to church, people talk about God, people talk about Jesus. And so I want to spend some time today not trying to tell you that God is, uh, who God is, because I know that is the answer you're expecting. What I want to share with you, though, is why. Why Jesus is the only hope that we can hold on to. I may not be able to answer all your questions, but I sure pray that this will help you to move forward in wherever you are in your spiritual journey. Hopefully, this will lead you down a path that will help you explore, perhaps examine the walls that you're leaning your ladder on. Is your, are your hopes on the right place? Is it really working? And my, my, my argument for us is this, that only God, only Jesus Christ is the only wall for us that we can lean on and would not crumble. And I want to share with us three reasons. There are many places in the Bible talks about this, but one particular place I like a lot and, and the clearest to me is from the book of Romans. The book of Romans is actually a letter. Anytime you read the Bible, you never read the Bible, that's okay. Basically, the, the first word of that Roman is a, is a book of the Bible. It is a letter written by a guy named Paul. He wrote to these Christians in the, in the, Rome, in the, Roman, in the city of Rome, teaching them and, and equipping them, reminding them about the truth of Jesus Christ. In Romans 8, he's talking about how can we, uh, why should we have hope in God? Why should we have hope in Jesus? I'm going to read uh, a substantial portion of the scripture. I don't have time to, to teach on every one of these verses. So I'll just share with us three nuggets of truth that will hopefully help us to consider why it's important to put our faith and hope in Jesus. And I, the reason why I won't read the whole thing for us is because just in case you have time afterwards and you're interested, you can get to the, book of, uh, the Word of God yourself. You can Google it up, Romans chapter 8. We're going to read from verse 20 to 39. And later on, maybe you have a chance to read it for yourself and you can explore some more, maybe with your friend and with your neighbor who invited you. But I want to focus on three things. But let me read the whole passage for us here. Romans chapter 8, here's verse 20. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be set free from his bondage to corruption 
and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he searches our hearts, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is in the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So here's a mouthful of verses here. Uh, I hope um, that you can get a chance to read over this uh, more later. But I want to share with us three things, three reasons why we ought to put our hope in Jesus. As we talk about leaning our ladder on something, the first reason is simply this, that we live in a hopelessly broken world. The reason why we need to lean our lives onto Jesus is because we live in a hopelessly broken world. I believe one of the biggest barriers for us as Americans to put our hope in Jesus is simply because we do not wrap our minds and our hearts around this simple reality. Because as Americans, we are very able, very capable people. We have money, we have willpower, we have discipline, we have the intellect to conquer almost anything that we think uh, we can, uh, anything that we come across. But yet when we look at the scripture, we see, we look at our world, we see that our world is hopelessly broken. You know, we have a hard time moving the ladder from, from these walls in the world to Jesus is because we think somehow I can fix my life. I mean, think about it. Physically, we, have, we, we can exercise more. If I get older, I mean, I don't look that old, but if I get older, if I, need, if I need to fix how I look, I can get plastic surgery. I can do a, keep a diet to keep myself healthier. 
We have resources all over our, 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 in our fingertips to continue to maintain, if not to slow down the deterioration of our body. And yet because of that, we have a hard time wrapping our minds around how broken our world is. In fact, I would say, I would liken our world to the disease of Parkinson's disease. Many of you know, Parkinson's disease cannot be healed, cannot be cured at this time. And we can just keep doing things to slow down the process of deterioration of someone's life who are experiencing Parkinson's disease. But the Bible tells us we can never stop that. We can never stop the deterioration of our world. And here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 20. From the very beginning, he tells us, for the creation was subjected to fertility. What that word is, another word for that is frustration, angst. See, all of us experience it in our lives, haven't we? We've experienced it in our life. We feel frustrated in our lives. How come things don't work out the way it's supposed to be? Like in your life, my life, we know what's good, we know what's right, but yet every time we want to do something good, we struggle to do that. Did you know that every time you are frustrated with someone who did something bad against you, it is actually a result, the Bible said the result of that, uh, the reason for that is because of this thing called sin. Why do my kids never listen to me? Why do my spouse always argue with me? How come the waiter is so rude to me? How come the world are not ha having reconciliation? How come people are dividing and hating and loving? Every one of those frustrations that you and I experience are a result and a remnant and, a, and an effect of what the Bible calls as sin. So when we think of sin, we think of just what we do or do not do. It's a list of to do or not to do. But when you look at what the Bible said, the Bible said sin is not just what you do or not do. We need to think of, the, uh, think of sin like a disease, a fatal disease that has impact and polluted our physical body, our mental, our, our spiritual body. And every level in the world is being influenced and polluted by this disease called sin. And it is irreversible. And because there is sin, it messes things up. So even though my kids know what to say to what should, they should do, the effects of sin are so steep into their lives that they can have no control to do the right thing all the time. And the same not just with my kids, the same is true with me. And deep down inside we know, the, the scripture tells us that, that we are living with that frustration, but not willingly, the verse says, because we know there's something got to be better than this. And so one of the reasons why we need to turn to Jesus is, is, that, is that we need to realize this world that we're living in is hopelessly broken. There's no return. There's no reversing of the effect of sin in my life and in your life. Our whole world is infiltrated and soiled and damaged by sin. But yet we know that later on, Jesus had no sin. So that, what that means is everything in this world will die. Everything in this world would be, will, will be destroyed. Everything in this world would not last forever. That's why we cannot put our ladder on things in this world and lean onto it. Because over a period of time, they will die. Over a period of time, they will be gone. No matter how good it seems in the first place. So that's the first reason. And because of that reason, actually leads to our second reason... If everything on earth is hopelessly broken, it cannot be reversed, it cannot be fixed. The second reason why we need to look to Jesus is because we need to look beyond this world to find hope. 
right? It just makes sense for us that if everything is broken in this world, everything in this world is going to die, everything in this world is going to be destroyed and ruined. No one lives forever. No computer lasts forever. No gadgets can, say, can be used forever. If we are to find hope, then we put our, la- put our ladder, our hope in something that's, uh, that lasts forever. We need to go beyond this world. I kind of think of it this way. If you can't imagine me, I have three sons. They love playing in the backyard. Imagine in my backyard there is this muddy pool, a muddy uh, a puddle, uh, uh, just nasty. And kids love playing in the mud, and they just keep slinging mud balls at each other and playing. And, and dinner time is coming up, and I say, guys, let's clean up. What if they never got out of that mud puddle? What if they just stay there and start cleaning up? I don't know, maybe you have that experience in your life before. They can wipe all they want. They can try to wipe it off their eyes. Mud is, is clouding up their eyes and, and start drying up on the ears. And, 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 and they can do all they can to get rid of it. But every time what happens is when they try to get their hands to wipe, yes, they wipe off some of that, but they also bring in new mud, new soil, new dirty stuff on, on their face, on their body. See, the only way for them to be clean is to step out of that muddy puddle. To go to the shower where there is running water that they can be hosed down or they can be washed away, all the stuff. They, they cannot just stay there, expect somehow they will be clean. They need to step outside of that environment. They need to look for hope somewhere else. They need to look for clean water outside of it. And that's what Paul is driving at. Paul continues in verse 20. He tells us that we're all subjected to these frustration. And then he came across this word at the end of verse 20. He says this, that in hope, here's the word that we're looking for, in hope. What, in hope of what? Verse 21, that the creation itself, all of us, will be set free from his bondage to corruption and obtain freedom of the glory of the children of God. You see, we cannot find hope in this world because this world is hopelessly broken. But Paul said there is hope. What I want you to focus on is this hope is not in this world. This hope does not reside in this world. It's not happening right now because we continue to live in this broken world. He said that this hope will be set free. It will set us free from the bondage of being corrupted, being in decay, what we're experiencing today and tomorrow and the rest of our lives. That hope will come in the future. It will release us. It will give us freedom from the, from the effect of sin. And if you continue on in verse 24, he gives us more clues about this, this, this hope. This hope is not only in the future, but the nature of this hope is not one of physical world. Look at verse 24. He says this, For in this hope we were saved, meaning the Christians are saved. Those who put their faith in God are saved. Those who lean their, wall, uh, their, their ladder on Jesus are saved. Why? Because hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? What Paul is illustrating here is this. The reason why we need to look beyond our world is because what we can see in this world are always being affected by sin. There are physical limitations to this world. If we are to find hope, we, we are to put our ladder on something that will endure forever, last forever, we need to go beyond that. And that's what Paul's saying. The hope that we have is beyond this world. If you can see it, that's not hope. That's not an enduring hope. That's not a sturdy hope. That's not a sturdy wall that you can lean on. Because everything in this world will pass away. Paul says in another letter, 
to a different group of Christians called, uh, from the city of Corinth. He said, this things seen are temporary. But things unseen are eternal. See, this is the reason why we cannot lean our ladder on the things of this world that can be seen. My kids cannot lean their ladders on me and my wife forever because why? One day, we will be gone as well. We will not live forever. And the only way for us to find hope, the only way for us to, to lean on something that will never break down, that will last forever, is to step out of this world, to look for that in this world, uh, beyond this world. And the only thing we know that is beyond this world is God himself. God is the only eternal being, which leads us to a third reason. The first one we said is the reason that we live in a broken, hopelessly broken world. The second one is if we are to find hope, we cannot look from within a broken world. We need to look outside. And when we look outside, here's the third reason why we need to put our hope specifically in Jesus Christ. It's a simple reality, simple yet profound reality that Jesus loves us sacrificially. Jesus has loved us sacrificially. Jesus has loved us unconditionally. And Jesus has loved us unfailingly. You may be wondering, well, Ben, there are many other gods out there. I, 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 perhaps I subscribe to a different belief and a different God. Why Jesus Christ? See, Paul directs us the reason why we need to go, go to Jesus Christ alone that can have real hope, enduring hope, eternal hope. It's because Jesus Christ is the only one who has come from heaven to earth. Jesus Christ is the only one who is so for you and me that he, he, he forsake himself, his status in heaven, and come on earth, not just to mingle amount, or around us, not just to hang out with us, to teach us. He did something that no other gods has ever done. He died. He sacrificed himself for us. This is why in most churches you've seen, oftentimes they have a cross. Because the death of Jesus is what makes Christianity distinctive from every other religion there is on earth. Here's what the Apostle Paul said, continue on in verse 34. He says, Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God. Two key event, two key uh, realities that happened in this world that changed the life of yours and mine forever. The death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. You see, what set Jesus apart is a simple truth that there's no other gods in this world that has a scar. Jesus Christ is the only God that has a scar. You see, what matters why it is so important is because every other so-called God in this world came on earth, perhaps they've come on earth or they live far away, but they have no interaction with the people. But the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, came to die, to sacrifice his life, not because, not because we've done anything good. He sacrificed his life so that our penalty, the penalty of your sin and my sin, the reason why we're feeling the frustration and angst in this world can be paid for, can be resolved. There will be a hope in the future. And even today as he's sitting in heaven, there is a scar on his hands to remind us the sacrifice that he had made. And that goes beyond what this world can offer. 
And he did that sacrificially for you and I, but he also did it unconditionally, meaning that you and I did nothing to deserve of this. Jesus is the only God in the world that come into the world not to have people go to him, but he came to the world. See, every other religion is a do religion. Every other religion asks the question, what should you do? What have you done? What can you do to earn your way to heaven? What can you do to earn your way to afterlife? Every other religion is a do, do, do religion. But Christianity, Jesus Christ came on earth and said, I, will, I have already done these things for you. Christianity is a done religion. It means that Jesus has sacrificed his life for you. He's been resurrected from the dead, that he's no longer bound by the limitation, by the decay of this world as a result of sin. And the result of that is that he sealed a relationship between you and God forever. Remember we talked about how the world is, is hopelessly broken, sin and infected the world. The only way to find real hope is to go outside of the world. Instead of uh, looking outside of the world on ourselves, Jesus came down from heaven to earth to bring hope to you and I. He died for us. He was raised from the dead so that the effect of sin no longer ha- has it upon us. And just like what Paul is about to do, he is about, just like an opera music, a crescendo to this climax in verse 37. And here's what, what, what Paul wants to drive deep inside of us. The reason why you and I want to put our hope in Jesus, need to put our hope in Jesus, is because of what he's about to tell us in verse 37. He says, says no, in all these things, Meaning all the things, all the frustration, all the decay, all the death, all the, all the weaknesses of this life. We, those of us who put our hope in Jesus, are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Jesus loves us unfailingly. And look at what it says in verse 38. The, the nature of his love is not bound by this world. Verse 38, it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, we need to put our hope in Jesus. Why? Because His love transcends everything else in this world. Nothing can take away the love of Christ for, in us. When we put our ladder and hope in Jesus, even physical death cannot take that away from us. Even demons cannot take that away from us. See, the love of Jesus is not demonstrated, bounded by an earthly possession. His love is not just give you a dream job. His love is not only give you good health. His love is not only give you the best family, the best pet, the retirement vacation that you want, if that is the case, his love will fail. But Paul tells us, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me with the type of love that goes beyond what this world can offer. It seals a relationship, eternal relationship that is not bound by physical limitation in this world. So why should we put our faith, why should we put our hope in Jesus? Why should we move the ladder and lean on Jesus instead of everything else? 
Because only Jesus can provide us something that is eternal, that would never be broken. In the beginning, I started with the verse from Psalm 33:22: Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. See, this is the reason why we need to put our hope in Jesus. He loves you. He loves you sacrificially. He loves you unconditionally. And he loves you unfailingly. All the frustration, all the angst that you feel about this life, all every time when you, when, it, when you feel like you're leaning on a wall, when you feel like that wall has stopped working and you're fu- uh, fumbling and falling, Jesus, I know what you're going through. I love you. This is why I've done this over 2,000 years ago, died on that cross, and now you can find hope in me that is beyond this world. COVID can't take away my love for you. Loss of a family member cannot take my love away from you. Even losing your life cannot take this love that I have for you. You will have it forever. And this is why we need to put our hope in Jesus Christ. The only way for us to live in a hopelessly broken world is for us to take that ladder off of everything else that we put, like lean against, and lean against Jesus Christ. I don't know how, how what you think about what I shared. Some of you are, may perhaps feel like this is, for, this is the, the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Some of you may be interested Some of you may be exploring about hope and you're on a journey to find out where can I really put hope in. You're wrestling with that tension in your life. But wherever you are, one thing I want us to do is this. We'll put together a a, a, a response card for you online. As you can see on the screen, you can go to that link or you you can take your camera, uh, scan that QR code. What we would love for you to do is for you to to participate in this response uh, survey. And we would love to give you something that will help you. Perhaps you're on a journey to want to find out more about Jesus. We want to come alongside and help you to do that. And I would encourage you to tell the, the person who brought you and invited you, talk to that person about it as well. Perhaps for some of you, the scripture is just a foreign book. You've never read it. This is the first time you've read the Bible. We would love to come alongside. We want to give you some resource to help you to explore more about Jesus. Perhaps some of you showed up today. You're at the end of your rope. And you are tired of leaning your ladder against things in this world. And as you hear what we've shared today, you are ready to put, lean your ladder on Jesus. We also want to help you to do that as well. So if you can just take a minute, scan that code, go online and fill that out. We want to come alongside. If you just need prayer, some of you are just tired. Some of you are just depressed and just feel so lonely. We would love to pray for you. If you fill out the information on there, we'll follow up with you. We promise we won't spam you. But we want to come alongside with you to continue your spiritual journey. And our hope and prayer is that you will lean your ladder, your hope against Jesus because he loves you. And he can give you the life that this world cannot offer to you. So would you pray with me and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for this time that we can look into your word 
and be reminded of the hope we have in Jesus. God, the longer I live, the longer, the more I realize how there are so many walls around us that seem sturdy on the outside, but given enough time, given the right circumstances, they just crumble. And God, I just pray for those who are experiencing that right now in their lives. Maybe they're in a free fall, they have been hurt, they've been going through a painful experience in their lives right now, and they're looking to find new hope. God, I pray for them that they will put their hope in you. God, I believe there are some of us today who wants to know you more. Some of us who, who, who are eager to find out more about Jesus. So God, I pray that you open up their hearts and mind to turn to Scripture, give them understanding, help them to find you. Because God, you promise that those who seek you will be found by you. God, I pray that even as you have showered upon us your love, help us to continue to put our hope in you. Lord, fix our eyes on you. Because we have a God who came down from heaven to earth, who have done it once for us by paying the sins of our lives, and you said you will come back a second time and we'll be with you forever. God, we look forward to that day that we'll be free from the bondage of the effect of sin. We'll be experiencing freedom like we've never experienced before. But in the meantime, God, give us hope to continue to hold on to you. And it is in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.